Monsters Among Us. I am your guide, Derek Hayes. And welcome to a bonus episode of Monsters Among Us. And tonight's episode is another round table. Now I know that there are a handful of you out there that don't particularly enjoy the round tables, so I'll ask that you skip this one. I'll be back on Thursday with my regularly scheduled program. But for those of you that do enjoy the round tables, you're in for a treat. Me and David Flora from Blurry Photos Podcast and Justin Zenger from Zeng This Podcast sit down and talk about a documentary that's near and dear to my childhood heart. Enjoy the show. Tonight on The Round Table, proof there are giant creatures living at the edge of our civilization. And no, that's not a Monsters Among Us promo. This weekend, we watched the 1975 documentary, the Mysterious Monsters. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm David Flora from the Blurry Photos Podcast. What's up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Justin Zinger from the Zing This Podcast. And of course, what's I'm up? Derek Hayes from Monsters Among Us Podcast. Uh, we are back today. Say what's up, Derek. Uh, what's up? What's up? <laughs> Perfect. What's Perfect. up? Okay, sorry. We, we really apologize for that. Uh, tonight, we did watch the 1970s documentary, uh, I'll say that uh, with a grain of salt, uh, The Mysterious Monsters, hosted by uh, the Josh Gates of his time, Peter Graves. Guys, <laughs> what did you think of this film? Um, so putting this out there real quick, I couldn't place who he was for a few minutes, and then it finally dawned on me. I was like, oh, Airplane. That's, yeah. That came to mind for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, airplane, Airplane 2, the sequel. Yeah. Either of the airplanes. Yeah. I, I looked him up on IMDb, and he's in a or he was in a ton of stuff. Golden Girls, like he had, you know, guest appearances on all kinds Mur- of stuff. Murder She Wrote, I think he was in. Yeah, I saw that as well. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And Mission Impossible, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was like the everyman's uh, kind of actor, and I think he had a bit of like a comedian streak in him too, because he did do the airplane movies. So he was know. the kind straight of like Robert man Stack. in most of those. Yeah, he's a great straight man. Yeah. yeah. Well, just like Robert Stack, who played the straight man in a lot of things as well, but yeah. also a creepy, a creepy show. So, what did you guys think of this? Let's start with you, David. Uh, I, uh, you know what? I, I actually kind of liked this uh, because I thought it had it offered a lot, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was pretty good in what it offered and how it uh, approached stuff. Now, it kind of to me set itself up to be uh, more of a variety of stuff than. 
than maybe it actually was, which it kind of landed on on just like Bigfoot. Here's a little Nessie stuff, but mostly Bigfoot. Yeah, you know. But uh, I thought it was pretty good for a 1975 documentary. I um I, I really liked it as well. I thought that the the side questing to Loch Ness and to the Himalayas momentarily for like a little like let's talk about this stuff to make this stuff make sense sort of thing was very cool. I have to admit the costume job in this was better than the Hitler Bigfoot movie we did the last time. So <laughs> I mean, just throwing that out there. Also, I missed when they did documentaries like this and they just walk into random. Um, labs people's office like i i i love the zoom out to show him like in an office like with with like paperwork and stuff or zoom out to show him like in a lab with people randomly working or zoom out to show him sitting in somebody's house <laughs> which is which is which is just something that and, and this is this is going real pop culture here um i i'm, I'm sure david will remember um troy mcclure from um the simpsons the, hi, I'm Troy McClure. Like, it just, I finally figured out where exactly they got that joke from of, like, the introduction <laughs> and the person randomly standing in something somewhere. So. And that's, yeah, well, that's with pretty like dead With, like, a on. jacket slung over their shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he does get out of the sports car at a certain point, like a bright red convertible sports car to go to the psychic's house. Yes! So which, it's all there. Which Simpsons I did. have a note on that psychic for later. And then he's like just kind of sitting by like an archaeological dig or something like right that one one part yeah. it, it zooms out and he's just like and here people are doing research on this on the field <laughs> you see was... i miss that i miss that in documentaries i want more of it just in random people's houses well you can tell the production value on this is pretty high they go to they go all over the world they shoot in uh, they're in loch ness they go to nepal i believe um I, I fell asleep for a little bit. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I, I enjoyed. It. I should probably. I should probably uh, say why I picked this film. When I was about, I want to say probably eight. I'd say this is probably 1988, 89, something like that. My uncle actually had this on VHS, and I probably watched that documentary or that that film until it wore out. Every day we would watch that thing, and we, you know, we did dubs of it and stuff. So I took it home and. And we were just fascinated by it because to us it was real. They talk like it's real, like these creatures are, are, you know, actually out there. So in my mind, like we go outside afterwards, I'm like, do I have to look around? Like what's out here? Because they kind of sell it that way, you know. And and I I like that about this, but I'm sure there's other stuff I like that we'll get into later, I'm sure. They they sell it like that while also kind of like paying lip service to – the scientific aspect of it and like trying to to uh remain a little skeptical and debunk some things and talk to actual scientists about stuff but in the end they're like these creatures live among us (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty much yeah the bottom line of it yeah basically at the end there is no definitive proof proof that these creatures live here cut back to narrator they totally live here These creatures totally live here. And the definitive proof is that so many people have stories about them. <laughs> well, the, at the, at the very end, I, I don't want to give a spoiler away or anything, but at the very end, uh, he even says something to the effect of, Bigfoot could be as real as a gorilla or the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> so, that's the benchmark here. It's the Loch Ness Monster. That's how you know it's real. Because uh, we yeah. did a short five-minute segment on it. 
Yeah, and and there are uh, photographs of what look like a fin. So therefore, confirm stamp. Let's keep going. Now <laughs> on to Bigfoot. <laughs> I well, they also even like blame they the boat the... crash. Sorry, sorry, Justin, go, go ahead, Derek. Uh, they even blamed a uh, boat crash on on the creature. Saying, oh my God! Did we watch somebody die? We we watched somebody die in this documentary. Good yes. yeah. grief! Right. Um, Yikes. So I knew about that boat crash on Loch Ness. Like for some random trivia fact, I knew about Set it. Set it up. I, Set it up for those okay. who, who hasn't seen it. So basically, they go to Loch Ness, where of course there's bad bagpipe music playing. I've never been to Scotland. Is that just in the air there? Is that just like something uh-huh. you hear in the mountains? They pipe it in like <laughs> Disney, I think. Okay, I'm just making sure because they it, it was subtly playing Along in the background. The smell of they do this whole thing where they go over the Loch Ness Monster. They show, like, the flipper photo, the sh- surgeon's photo, which the write-up I have for it does point out, by the way, that surgeon's photo was proven to be fake later after this was made. So it wanted to make sure that at least the write-up kept it accurate. And then um, as they're kind of closing up, they, they show, oh, well, here's this wake moving in the water that um, – British Air Force analysts have said, like, they kept bringing up random people who looked at it. Like, police analysts say that it was this, or British Air Force said it was this. And then they finally go to, there was a guy who was doing a speedboat run on here that hit a wake that might have just been the monster itself. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) And then they show footage uh, of the guy that was trying to break the record for the, the speedboat, the speed. And it and it just completely gets oh. destroyed in the water, and then he's like, and he later died, or and he died from that. Yeah, and it's like as you're uh, watching. Okay, it. <laughs> yeah, just just show it then, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, I mean, like, it is like three grains wide, but it's still there. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Like I remember hearing about that there was a speedboat crash, and the, yes, those things are basically made out of like hopes and dreams because they like nick something, they basically just fall apart. Um. But I've never heard it connected to the monster. I've just heard that he just lost control and flipped, and I guess that's the government cover-up on it. <laughs> well, this is this story's been in my head ever since I was, you know, like I said, eight or nine years old. So I've never known anything other than it's thought that that the creature actually caused that accident. So uh, it's, it's interesting to see it from your angle. We should probably do like a quick little um, rundown of what this documentary is about, probably before we get too far into this. Everything Bigfoot. <laughs> we get yeah, during we, the 1970s. <laughs> we get so excited I, I to know. talk about what's in it. We don't even tell anybody what it's about. <laughs> Nobody even knows what we're watching. Uh, so this film is called The Mysterious Monsters, and it was released on November 15th, 1975, which ironically is nine years to the day from the first Point Pleasant uh, Mothman sighting from Linda Scarberry, Roger Scarberry, and all those guys. Get out of here! I know synchronicities. <laughs> Oh God, no! <laughs> now, this thing's forty-five years old. Yeah, it's, my it's God, ancient. ancient. Now, <laughs> <laughs> before you guys go getting all hellier on me, I found like three different release dates. So uh, uh, there was July seventy-six, there was March of seventy-six. It's all over the place. So I don't know when it actually came out. I've but, noticed uh, that too. <laughs> but this was a big uh, drive-in theater uh, film, I believe, early on, with parts of like double features and stuff like that. Uh, it was a little before my time when it was released. I wasn't born until uh, several years after this actually came out. But uh, So the film is full of reenactments, some terrible, some okay. 
Um, they, they talk to a lot of experts, but it's mostly Peter Graves going through evidence of Sasquatch and kind people's of houses. the broad st- people's houses, the broad <laughs> strokes of cryptozoology. They talk about uh, you know discovery of the gorilla or the panda and stuff like that, and um, they pretty much go back to Bigfoot and, and really ride his coattails all through the second half of the film. It's like an eighty-six minute movie, I believe. Um, anybody have anything? Anybody have anything else to add to that uh, awesome synopsis or synopsis? That's that's pretty much it. I mean, they they cover Nessie at one point um, for a little while, but it's I don't even know if I'd call it a quarter of the film uh, devoted to mm. to Nessie, but it's a good little chunk. It's five ten minutes. I feel it's it's just enough to be like here's another cryptid that we've basically proven exists. Yeah. It's kind of how they feel they set it up, especially since I didn't catch that at the end, but if that is in there, that's hilarious. Oh, I just watched it maybe a half hour ago. It's definitely in yeah. there. All right, good. I, I, I must have been one of those things where I'm like, oh, the credits are coming. Thank God. <laughs> it's got it's it's got an interesting blend, and one of the reasons uh, that I, I liked it when I was watching it uh, is the variety of what they show and how they present the stuff. Because mm-hmm. like you said, they've got the dramatic reenactments which are comedy gold (laughs) uh they've got um peter graves talking just narrating at the camera he goes and talks to some experts uh, in some parts there are experts just talking you know in other parts then they uh also have like they had they show a dude's polygraph test they show a girl's hypnosis uh you know and and reliving like an experience so there's uh, and they uh, then they have like uh, footage of different things uh, out and about. Footage of people hiking through the mountains when they're talking about the when they're talking about the yeti. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he says yeti um, and and stuff like that. So there's there's a ton of variety in how they present it, and I thought that was uh, pretty cool. You know, it just dawned on me. I think we watched the very first episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Because it's essentially the exact same format. They just made it creepier for the series. Yeah. Um, huh. <laughs> granted, Unsolved Mysteries didn't go into the lab and really see, you know, how yeah. sound was analyzed and that kind of thing. But oh my gosh, uh, it's otherwise it's pretty much the same the same uh, formula essentially. I, I want to talk about that scene, even though it's like halfway through the movie, where it's like it, it was uh, it was a group. Of, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a group of guys camping. And then they're like, and as they heard this sound, instead of grabbing his gun, he grabbed a microphone, which I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, man, podcaster. That's a podcaster right there. <laughs> and That's then actually they per- a famous recording, believe it or yeah. not. And it, I, like, I'm more used to hearing, like, the whooping recordings, like, like the howling and stuff like that. So hearing this, I'm like, oh, my gosh, was this the first episode of Blurry Photos? And that's just Stecco on the mic. Yeah, I had the mic pointed the wrong way. <laughs> but I, it was funny that they bring that up. They they do. He he literally says, uh, and he grabbed his microphone or he grabbed his recorder instead of his gun. And then like everybody else that they do a dramatic reenactment of, he grabs his gun. <laughs> it's well, just... like the dude at the end grabs his gun. The dude in the house grabs a gun. <laughs> Well, the one guy was driving down the road, and he saw, like, a hairy man, like, this thing was 100 yards away, and he's like, stops the car, he's like, I'm getting my rifle, Did and he see like, that? sights yeah. the thing up, like, what are you doing, dude? It's just, it looked like a guy just standing there. 
and then the woman like gets out his wife I'm a, I think it was and she's like shoot it shoot it like what are you doing just shoot it and he's like I can't she's like just shoot it he's like it looks too human <laughs> bloodthirsty this woman was bloodthirsty she was Kill she's it. like it gets me so turned on I want its blood <laughs> I love it when you stop the truck in the middle of the road, get out and shoot somebody. (laughs) Okay, I think I'm done. That's it. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the reenactments were, oh, man. It's like a how how not to act school, essentially. It, it it was the other thing that caught me was I was watching as I was watching this I was like I wasn't really doing other stuff I was kind of like on my phone at one point they were like and the um the witness John Green and I'm like wait you mean like the Bigfoot researcher John Green had an incident different nope. John Green I'm like so apparently if you ever want to have a Bigfoot experience be involved in Bigfoot just be named John Green so I love <laughs> they did the reenactment and then showed the guy. For the polygraph test, who looked like he was frightened beyond reason to be there. <laughs> then they tell the polygrapher, they're like, oh, we're not going to tell him. There's this two-way mirror right here. We'll be filming him not to affect the test. And isn't the guy sitting right there? Yeah. <laughs> and he was also like, we'll be behind this two-way mirror. Clonk, clonk. And like, hits the mirror. <laughs> like, so we don't affect the test. <laughs> yeah, so we don't. After the, at the end of that scene, they actually showed this kid that gave the polygraph like staring at his hand and moving his fingers like Luke Skywalker for a good 30 <laughs> seconds. I don't know what they were doing with that, but I was fixated on it. I'm like, why are they showing this kid playing with it? He's literally staring at his hand, like moving his fingers. Like he's never seen it happen before. Well, back in the seventies, people used to have to check to make sure their hands worked every now and then. <laughs> or there were psychedelics time. everywhere in the seventies. Yeah, he was likely. given complimentary LSD before <laughs> the polygraph. <laughs> MK Ultra started this way, essentially. Yeah, they just had had little cubes on the desk. (laughs) Take one, exactly. Popped it. Didn't know what it was. At a certain point, they put a map of the U.S. up on on the screen, and it each state has a number, and it represents how many Bigfoot sightings uh, have been reported to this date. And I, you know, like I said, it was seventy five, seventy six. Flora, you're in in Illinois. You have fourteen sightings. I have the map up right in front of me. Uh, Justin, you don't have any. Yes! Zero. There's nothing there. And awesome. I, I have 42, but most of them, I assume, are in Northern California. Uh, although, the woman that was hypnotized, I think she witnessed some sort of, like a, a well, obviously it was a Bigfoot creature, but it was near a drag strip. I'm pretty sure that's like 20 miles from me as the crow flies. It's right down the mountain, basically, like San Bernardino, Redlands area. Really? I'm pretty sure that's where that took place. And I was actually over there this morning. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I was do wondering we need if to put, it was the... Do we need to put him under hypnosis now? <laughs> see if he actually saw see something. <laughs> it wasn't even hypnosis. It was just the phone call she had with her sister-in-law or whatever. <laughs> you picking up the kids? I... Yeah, I'll pick uh... up the kids. Like, I, it was the weirdest thing. I've never seen hypnosis she... like that. She was, Yeah, she like mimed uh, doing the uh, rotary dial telephone yeah, she did and then and then like you know and then like picked up uh the receiver or had the receiver and and had this conversation of like hey is so and so over there oh well, well yeah you want us to come over all right we'll get the kids and, and, and then like and then all of a sudden like 
there was an attack? Yeah. Well, she's like, she there, was ain't, like there ain't no monster here. And then two seconds later, she starts screaming that there's a monster attacking her. So it's... Yeah, and like breathing heavy. And I'm like, did the... So did she crash or did the thing like jump on the car and like cause she grabbed her shoulder? I I was that yeah, was went weird. from like zero to sixty real quick. <laughs> yeah, that was real weird. There's some really weird stuff in this documentary. <laughs> there there is and there's other accounts they don't really get into too much that I've no that I've heard a lot more about, like the Offerman tale of him like getting abducted by Bigfoots and stuff, they kinda like vaguely touch on it. And there's like a whole story behind that that like you they're mean- like Albert Otzman? Is that who you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, they, they barely touch on it in this. And I'm like, I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to hear this story. And it's like, and he was he was uh, abducted by Bigfoots. Moving on to the next tale. It's like, wait, wait you, you can't just say that and then move on. Well, the, so. the problem may have been, you know, I don't know if Albert Otzman had an estate or anything like that, but uh, you may not have been able to mention his story because of copyright claims, perhaps. Mm. I don't know. Just throwing I, that out there. Like I said, I heard that one. I was like getting ready for it, which by the way, if you since it wasn't told in this movie, and I'm not gonna go into full detail of it, basically he gets abducted for like, what is it, three or four days by a family of Bigfoot? And yeah, like I, I can tell the story real quick if you want me to. Sure. I mean I'm I'm just trying to get the bullet points of it, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the one. And then there's the one, um, I don't remember what it is, but it's the one where the guys get, like, attacked. Like, their cabin gets attacked by a Bigfoot, and they kind of talk about that. It's, like, all these, like, cornerstones of Bigfoot, like, lore and stuff are mentioned in here. But the thing I really enjoy that's kind of different from nowadays documentaries to back then is they focus on Bigfoot the whole time for the most part. Minus, of course, I said that stuff because if this was made nowadays that cutaway wouldn't be to Loch Ness it would be to talk about how Bigfoot's an interdimensional being or how ancient aliens or how they get what's his name with the hair on there and they have to not confuse him for a Bigfoot why am I forgetting his name right now Peter Graves no the guy with the hair yes thank you I thought you meant the helmet hair that Peter (laughs) Graves had I I was waiting for him to take (laughs) I did it's exactly what I was waiting for him to take the take the hair off at one point But, but that's the problem with, like, the documentaries nowadays is everything is like a unified theory of, like, crypto and the mysterious stuff. It's, no, it's all interconnected. And it's, like, cool if it is, but why can't we just talk about Bigfoot or why can't we just talk about this without having aliens and 15 other things or it's a tulpa brought up? Because I just like a documentary that's just focused on Bigfoot. Well, there's – starting back with uh... – <laughs> Man, I don't even know where to start with all that. Uh, let's start with like. Sorry, Ape I, I, I I just dumped out a whole. That was an unloading. Let's start with <laughs> Ape Canyon and the mention of Albert Otzman. Uh, yes. Both of those events took place in, I believe, 1925. I don't have it in front of me. Um, Al- Otzman was a, a gold miner that was actually kidnapped while he was sleeping by a Bigfoot, brought back to the family where he was held captive for, I want to say, five days. Finally, gave the Bigfoot snuff, and he. <laughs> Started choking and essentially passed out, and the guy, uh, Otzman, took off and went back to civilization. And the Ape Canyon one was uh, gold miners as well. Both of these take place in British Columbia, by the way, and um, uh, or Pacific Northwest region, uh, anyhow. Washington is the Washington. Ape Canyon one. Okay, that's that's why I said in Pacific 19- Northwest because I wasn't 20- certain. 1924. Ah, oh, man. So you were close. You were I lose. Mm, so anyway, close. Just across the border on each of them. <laughs> They shot exactly. 
they shot a they shot a Bigfoot earlier in the day, and I guess it pissed off the rest of the tribe because they threw rocks and stuff on the cabin and tried to tried to get them out of there so they could do whatever Bigfoots do to people. Uh, so those are the two stories. And Justin, your other point was that why didn't they go into more details? Well, the, the fact is there probably wasn't more details at the time. People have done extensive research on both Ape Canyon and Albert Otsman to get the information we have today. So that's probably why they didn't include it. There just wasn't anything to include. Wasting all that money taking Peter Graves across the world. And they could have just done research and had him been a talking head instead. Oh, if you notice, he didn't go to Loch Ness, I don't think. <laughs> he He's not allowed back there. <laughs> not after the incident. <laughs> That's why he has a helmet here. He switches it out. And then he can... They don't recognize him. I don't think they sent him to Loch Ness. I don't remember seeing him in any of the scenes. Well, I got to say, while I'm thinking about it, um, in the very beginning of the the film, they're mentioning stuff that uh, what people have said were extinct or didn't exist. or And then they give examples of how people have been mistaken or that's wrong. Like they bring up the coelacanth, uh, which is fair. It's a great point. And they bring up this uh, uh, tribe of people in, um, like, the Philippines or something that uh, it's it's a they're living on the edge of you know the civilized world or whatever they they call it, and they're like people didn't know they existed until 1970 whatever and two uh, and then they but the thing that that got me about all this was the music they started playing when they started talking about these people. It was like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? It was, I actually have the clip right here in front of me. It was, <laughs> but it also, I think it was that guy playing that instrument. I, I, maybe I can play this here real quick. He, I thought it was drinking something. <laughs> you guys can hear it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's I'm definitely playing. He's playing that instrument. It's some sort of like mouth harps type instrument that he's playing. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought up the music because uh, me too. I thought was, he was being a little over the top with it. <laughs> no, <laughs> spot on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much what it sounds like. Uh, anyhow, I thought the music was was pretty decent for you know a 45 year old movie. Especially a documentary, they it had the freaky sounds to it, like the old. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a toolkit that these these uh, composers have for horror soundtracks. It's like a wrench that you hit on this box that makes this sound, and, and it's these weird instruments that they play, and you can hear them all throughout with synthesizers and all kinds of stuff. So it's definitely dated, but uh, I think it fits the vibe pretty well. It, yeah, it, for sure. it does. I, I mean, it it sounds like. Straight out of the 70s soundtrack, too. So, yeah. I, I, I said it, it's just such a different time in filmmaking. I mean, in, in documentary, like crypto documentary stuff. So that's that's something I really enjoyed about it. But I, I didn't I didn't know if you had anything else to pick apart from the unloading I did earlier. Uh, I've already forgotten most of it, so we'll just <laughs> oh, move no, right I, I, on. I think the last thing was me complaining about Sukalos's hair and and how everything's like UFO, like everything's interconnected conspiracy stuff now in documentaries. Like it has to talk about if you're oh, talking yes, about Bigfoot, yes. you have to talk about how it's actually UFOs or Tulpa now. Well, the other, the way you have to look at that is at a certain point you've seen everything. If you've seen the entire series of Finding Bigfoot and 
uh, any of Josh Gates' stuff. Like, all the same information is being regurgitated over and over. So they're out there looking for new blood. They're looking for people with crazy ideas, and they want to put them up on TV and say, hey, well, this guy is talking about Bigfoot traveling and portals. Well, now it's on TV, and everybody's talking about it, so now it's part of our lore or, you know, whatever you want to call this. I don't want to use the word information loosely because I don't know that a lot of this is information. <laughs> I think lore. I think it fits under that. Lo- I think lore is the best way to say it because there it certainly is information in there, but how much of it is truth, how much of it's embellished, it's it's uh, it's really difficult to, to suss all that out. Sorry, I'm I... looking up something. Real... C- continue. I'm just looking up something because I want to say... <laughs> I want to say something, but I want to make sure I'm fact-checking myself. So I appreciated in there where they uh, tried to... It seemed like they, they tried to get uh, expert opinion and weigh it uh, or at least discuss it against like all these eyewitness accounts, these uh, plaster casts they had, drawings, things like that. Um, and I, I like the scene. I thought it was pretty funny and not at all staged you guys about how when peter graves was kind of like arguing with the uh the expert uh who was saying well yeah you've got all these these anecdotal accounts but that's not evidence and peter graves is like getting frustrated he's like well but how can you say with all these people seeing this stuff how can you really say that there's not something going and the guy's like well here's a skull bring me a skull and i'll i'll believe you you know yeah (laughs) so it's it's funny but the whole conversation is very much like "Mm, everything's kind of at arm's length here right now and i'm sort of arguing with you but i'm still peter graves you know like (laughs) well it reminds me of when they actually showed the the patterson gimlin film Uh, i think it was the first time it was played on on a national stage if i remember Mm -hmm. correctly uh but but they're they have a, a is he an anthropologist? I don't know okay, where he is. There's the guy of... that Peter Graves is with, and then there's the guy that looks like Derek in like ten years that is also being interviewed too. <laughs> <laughs> He's not getting it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Go ahead, fast forward to that point. He he seriously, I'm like, oh my god, put a hat on that guy, and it's Derek. Which guy are you talking about? Okay, during the interview with um, with where, where they're talking about the Bigfoot film, it shows the one guy that is that's like with him, with Peter Graves. Oh, then it okay. cuts to another guy that's like got bones or a plaster cast, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Grover it looks Krantz. like Derek Hayes in ten years. Oh, the guy in the flannel. Yeah. <laughs> are you saying I look like I'm from the '70s? So there's a guy in flannel. I don't know if I'm keeping. I don't know if I'm keeping this in or not. There's a guy in flannel that that I wish I had his hairline. Let's just say that. No, I'm, I'm figuring it grew back. It grows back in, over time. It comes well, anyhow, back. back back to the relevant conversation at hand. And what's relevant? I put a note. Uh, what, what I like underlined that. I forget what I was even talking about. Um, Patterson Gimlin film. Oh, the, Patterson uh, Gimlin. Yeah. yeah. Patterson so, I'll start over just in case none of that's salvageable. And they actually have a um, like a skeptic up there. I don't know if he's a 
uh, bone doctor. Well, I don't know what this guy's position was, and it, I'm scrubbing One through, and it bone doesn't. Bone doctors. <laughs> oh, <and> bone doctors. <laughs> Got my PhD in bones. <laughs> but he's just like, oh, it's just a guy in a suit. Clearly, a guy in a suit. You can see the bottom of his foot and all the stuff, and and uh, they they have Grover Krantz. Coming no, hold in on a second. And arguing with him. The guy that has the bones behind him looks like you, not the guy in the flannel. Well, that's Grover Krantz. You look like Grover Krantz. <laughs> Okay. And this is my last time on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Justin Zinger. <laughs> please please applaud him off. Um, yeah, so anyway, they, they did have Grover arguing with this. Uh, I don't know what this uh, medical guy was. He's just in a lab coat, and they don't actually say who these people are. But uh, he had a lot of points as to why the Patterson-Gimlin film was probably a hoax and of course Grover was arguing with him and they cut the, the scene back and forth um, so, anyway. so I got a question on that okay with the three of us here Patterson Gimlin film actual creature hoax what's all of our opinions on that can we unbox that in a quick way or no uh, having <laughs> having done like little to no real research into it though i mean the way i like to research crap uh i think it's a dude in a suit all right i'd ha i'd have to agree with that i think i don't want it to be but it's just everything's just too shady about it um on my end i will point this out and i'm not trying to cross promote this is just ironic timing astonishing astonishing legends just did like a five-part series Six. on it Six, oh, six, six. I, they're each an hour long, in-depth research of every single angle. I believe this was real before that. Listening to that kind of confirmed it for me. I, It's just one of those things. If <sighs> The best Nessie photo is fake. There's a lot of other stuff that's fake. The, um, the Gulf Breeze stuff for UFOs is more than likely fake. It's like, I just want something that's so good that I'm like, it has to be real. It has to be real on just please. We have the Phoenix lights. Real. Those look pretty real to me. Uh, that was just swamp gas. <laughs> the swamps of Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> the great Arizona swamps. <laughs> they got mosquitoes out there that'll carry you away. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's my thing is before they did all that analyzing on it and everything that they took six hours of their lives to do or six hours of listening to, to do. Um, I just, I, I, I think it's real. I want it to be real because it's like I said, this last thing that like I can kind of grab onto. And I mean, there's not many people left that could have been involved in it. So just, I mean, uh, Gimlin, I think is the only um, one still left. I think Bob Hieronymus is still alive. I'm I'm not 100% sure on that, but Yeah, how That's that's who a lot of people assume is inside the suit. And if you look at Bob, he looks just like Patty in my opinion, but uh, Big, he swimming, doesn't know how to get tits. to the film site, so <laughs> I, I I missed it. Whatever it was. I said I said yes, he looks just like her. Big swinging ape tits. <laughs> Pendulous breast, Justin. They, Sorry. They did. They made a big deal out of like well, this looks like it has breasts, but the forehead has a Sagittarial crest or whatever it was, which is male. They really, they really focused on that thing's uh, boobs, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Don't, it was, don't it we all watch this? 
<laughs> hey, what was the deal with the horse uh, at the beginning of that clip too? Wait, like there was it was a horse like whinnying, but like going crazy, like oh, 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 like as they were like shaky cam until it got on the the Patterson Gimlin Bigfoot. Well, what okay, we saw so, was. Go ahead. So you're talking was about where they're it? in the woods, and it's showing it. The the I'm guy with about, it, it's part of the Patterson Gimlin film. Yeah, there's, at least in there's this. like there's hours of them out out in the wood. Like before this, there there was a eighty some feet of film before that of them just filming themselves out in the woods, like getting B roll and stuff. Yeah, they were out shooting a documentary about Bigfoot when they found Bigfoot. Yeah. So so. Was there actually a horse whinnying on their footage, or did they just have footage, or what? It's it's well, a it's a silent film, so I'm sure the horse would have been throwing a fit because it did rear up, and you can see it in the video that it does, or the the film that it does. But that was all added afterward because it was okay. a it was a 16 millimeter silent film, I believe. Now the other thing that kind of lends credence to this is the fact they have that this particular part of the film where they have the Bigfoot in it is near the end of the film why would you put it at the end of the film if you're going to fake it like why wouldn't you have it at the beginning or you know because that, that would have been done in one perfect take because then you would have had to record all this other stuff to lead up to the faking of the film but well, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm not trying to argue for or against it. i just wanted to point that out that was a very interesting thing that i never knew that it was near the end of the film role so maybe they didn't have any film left. <laughs> well, my my thought was more that, you know, they were planning on using this footage in a documentary, but it turned out so good that they're like, yeah, forget the documentary. Let's just sell this clip. And so that's basically why they stopped when they did. Mm-hmm. But none of them really made any money off of it. A third party made most of the money. Yeah. So yeah, like made all the money. They didn't do a very good job of it, but who knows? I wasn't That's there. the Patterson Gimlin film, anyway. Yes, <laughs> in a buttery, crunchy nutshell, or whatever you say. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess um, uh, this was a film that was near and dear to my heart, at least. I, like I said, I grew up watching this constantly, and I was huge into cryptids and stuff around this time. Is about the same time I had my sighting, actually, that kind of got me into all this. So I was going to make was, a joke about was that. Right. I was going to be like, did, did, did the giant alien black cat that you saw show you the film? Was he like, hey, kid, here's a film. Watch it. And then ran, <laughs> hey, ran off. You want to see something spooky? And he opens his trench coat and it's just <laughs> filled with film reels. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Here, take this so, one. Were so you, were you scared at all as a kid watching this? Uh, I wasn't watching it, but I'll tell you, I grew up in the woods in the middle of nowhere. So we would watch this on uh, a borrowed VCR we had. And... Um, as soon as I went outside, that's when I was afraid because I, I would think back to this. I'm like, oh, it's all real. And those places didn't look that unsimilar to where, you know, I live. There's a pond and there's a tree. Like I'm eight, nine years old, so it looks the same. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, it, it frightened me a little bit to be outside afterward. But watching it, I was just fascinated. Like I just couldn't believe that any of these things could be out here, let alone one of them. Yeah, for the most part, it didn't seem too freaky as a as a film, but uh, they did play up some of the dramatizations. <laughs> Boy, that that was a redundant sentence. Um, <laughs> they they did uh, what? Okay, the the one 
sequence where the girl was on the couch and the thing like busts the window. Uh, was that <laughs> was that the Falk monster? Were they it, talking about that? I don't know. I think the Falk monster busted one? through a, a uh, bathroom window. A guy was sitting on the crapper. I think I, is what happened. Wait, are you know. saying that they were not accurate with this reenactment? That's impossible. They were so I'm accurate just, up to this point. I'm trying to pin pin down which reenactment. <laughs> um, but well, so yeah, there's a girl sitting on a couch watching TV, and then there's like this horrible shadow of a Bigfoot that like passes by the window. That's obviously shot from the inside, not the outside, <laughs> right? <laughs> because it keeps going even when the wall stops the window. Anyway. Um, and then all of a sudden it like busts the window and tries to grab for her and she jumps up and screams for the guy in the house and he like grabs a um, shotgun and um, and like tries to shove her out of the way and she doesn't move. And then like and then it's like this suspenseful thing where he's like edging towards the door and he opens it up and there's the Bigfoot standing there and it's like, oh, you know, got any sugar. <laughs> And I just, yeah, I just wonder, like, how freaky that was for um, some people who were watching it. Kids, maybe, you know. Well, does anybody get the, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe from this film at all? It's that grainy film footage. It kind of, in that music a little bit. I just kind of get that same, uh, I just watched that clip as as I was talking, and you're right, the the shadow goes on the wall. Um, (laughs) Some dude just passed in front of a lamp! (laughs) And she's she's getting the attacked coming now. from inside the house. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you what, guys, you have to watch this film. It's 86 minutes. You'll learn some stuff. If it's on YouTube, it's it's free. on YouTube. It's free. It's on Amazon Prime. It's everywhere. It's free. Oh, Just shoot. go check it out. And uh, yeah, it, I love it. Still, even I had a great time watching. I watched it three times this week, actually, just in preparation. <laughs> I'd have it on in the background while I was doing whatever else I was doing, and and uh, it's it's I don't know. It, to me, it's. It's my generation's Cabbage Patch movie, I guess. I don't. I don't know what. It is. <laughs> there he is. He's in the window. They are. They open the door, and it's a freeze frame on the Bigfoot's face, and it's actually a decent makeup job. And he just has a, a confused lot of decent, look yeah, on his like face. Costumes and stuff. Uh, going back than the previous film we talked about. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah, hands down. Going back, my favorite reenactment and one that sticks with me to this day, and certainly did when I was a kid was the the babysitter. She was standing alongside a dark road waiting for her dad to come pick her up. Right. And and like such a seventies thing 50, to do. Fifty that was, this was me growing up, not babysitting, but getting picked up on a dark road somewhere. I mean <laughs> that was my whole childhood. It was just getting picked up on a dark road somewhere. But uh so they pick up this woman and they're you know this uh, they said she was a senior in high school so they're uh, got picked up by her father, so they're talking about homework or something. All of a sudden, a Bigfoot jumps out in front of their car, and she screams. But this thing was only 50, 60 feet down the road from essentially where she was picked up from. And when I was a kid, I couldn't stop thinking about that. I'm like, well, what's 50 feet down the road from me right now? Like, <laughs> like that thing that stuck in my head and, and watching it now, like, it's corny now. But I still remember, you know, how I felt when I watched the, the clip initially when I was younger. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, I just rewatched the scene with the Bigfoot in the window. The mm-hmm. door has little panes where you can look outside. Yeah. Why'd you have to open it? <laughs> Why'd you have to open it? But to be fair, it looks like he scared the crap out of the Bigfoot. Yeah. The, big, the Bigfoot kind of makes a move like, should I run? Uh, what am I? Oh, <laughs> he just freezes. What am and I the, doing here? It looked like it just had Botox. Its face did not move one bit. <laughs> oh, boy. 
so there, there is something that, that really grabbed me, and I do want to talk about this, because this, like, bothered me for a little bit, so I finally looked it up. Does the does the name of that psychic ring a bell with either of you, Peter Herkos? It sounds vaguely familiar to me, and I wondered if it was the same guy from Sightings, but then I saw him because the white-haired guy from the white-haired psychic uh, basically looked like Albert Einstein. And he was on Sightings, and his name was Peter, so I thought it was him, but sorry. Continue. What about you, Laura? Me? me? Yeah. Peter Herkos? Yeah. Not, not really. It... It rang a bell with me because I remember hearing his name involved with the Boston Strangler. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't get into that crap. So He was yeah. one of those with that. He also <laughs> said that Adolf Hitler was alive in Argentina and was later in prison for impersonating a federal agent. Just the kind of a weird Hitler. thing. So so let's explain who who we're talking about from the film. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I keep doing that. Um, so in the film, they take um, Peter Graves and his hair, take a plaster <laughs> take a plaster cast of a Bigfoot footprint. You should use air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, there's there's just air quotes flying left and right here. This thing does um, not look like a Bigfoot footprint <laughs> in well, any way. Well, they, in, a, well, in a briefcase. In a briefcase. But they set this up before that as saying, you know, police uh, agencies have used some strange stuff to solve cases sometimes, including psychics. And then it cuts to him doing all this, goes to this guy's house. That's when he gets out of the sports car randomly, goes into this guy's house. Once again, it has something to where it's zoomed in on his face, on um his face, then zooms out to show the other guy sitting there. And he has him, like, examine the briefcase. And the guy, The like, other guy's the psychic that yeah. – uh, yeah, can can apparently remote view the, things the or Peter, know things. Peter is, it is Herkos, and um, he like holds it, like goes over it, like the briefcase, and then says like, "Oh, it's something hairy." It's it, I can it, play yeah, the half, clip. I have it right man. here. Yeah, half man, and then after he like they open it, and he's like, "Oh, it's a Bigfoot thing." He's like, "Do you want me to draw what I saw?" And he draws like this. Um, looks like Toby after not shaving for a year. <laughs> looking guy so i mean is is that accurate is that psychic i don't know well i mean he nailed it on the head if 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 somebody did that in front of me and i knew for sure they couldn't get that information i'd be thoroughly impressed uh i can was, play it. i have it right was, here this is what he said about what's in the box now keep in mind it's a uh, bigfoot cast uh, he takes a moment to think about it and he's like i'll try he jostles it around a bit Half, half man, half uh, animal. Uh, weighs about. I'm gonna say about 500 pounds. It's about between eight and nine feet. Lives in cave. Lives in cave. Lives in cave. Oh, so it lives in cave. Lives in cave. This guy That's looks exactly like Harvey Keitel, by the way. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but he looks exactly like him. He's saying lives in cave. I was. I didn't catch cave. that. I thought he was like just saying. I just thought he was saying like some weird like Dutch term or something. <laughs> Lynching cave. <laughs> Lynching cave. It's a kind of cheese over there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or or maybe that's I, that's their term for Bigfoot. Oh, it's a Lipsing cave. <laughs> I I the the way like 
I'm trying to figure out exactly what I think is going on in this scene. If they like bullshit, set it up and it's and it's scripted. Uh, if they told him like, here's what's in this case. You act like you just figured this out and then just go run with it and improvise. Or like what I I refuse to believe that this guy took a sight unseen briefcase and then started talking about uh, like describing a Bigfoot from it. Either he had some prior knowledge of it uh, or he knew what was going on uh, getting into this interview with Peter Graves and his hair. Okay, can, can, can I take this first, Derek, real quick? Sure. All right. Not trying to poke a hole in your theory here, David, but so you're telling me that some intern called this guy and was like, hey, we're doing a Bigfoot documentary. Is there any way you could be involved by like looking at a Bigfoot footprint and telling us what their creature is? And then Peter Herkos is like, oh, of course I will. And they're like, "Okay, cool. Then they show up and they're like, hey, we're not going to tell him that there's a Bigfoot footprint (laughs) cast in here. Right. And And they look at the intern and he's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely didn't tell him that. That's probably exactly how it went down. (laughs) I'm I'm cool with that. I mean, what he's he's doing is essentially about the footprint, right? Well, yeah, he didn't really say that it's a footprint. He just said what's associated with the footprint. Uh, In a way, I guess he's he's doing remote viewing essentially. He thought there was an actual Bigfoot in the case. I guess, like a little miniature, a little tiny Bigfoot. (laughs) Would it be how many times in this in this picture did they say? that the thing was about 500 pounds, eight or nine feet tall. Like, every witness basically said this exact description, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It it was almost like it was spoon-fed to them right before the camera rolled. Well, it was like eight and a half (laughs) feet tall, (laughs) 600 pounds. No, 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 no. It was nine feet tall, 500 pounds. No, it It was nine feet tall. Okay, fine. In, my, in, one of my favorite parts. So, so they did this, uh, um, this dramatic reenactment of this like Eagle Scout, right? Who went up with uh, a troop and camped out, and it was him older uh, telling about this this sighting he had, and then they did a dramatic reenactment of the kids. But m- my favorite part about it was this guy. They were showing him. He's standing up in the woods, kind of you know got his got his leg cocked up there and he's talking about this and then like at one point he's got this huge sketch pad and he's like telling the story as he's like drawing on the sketch pad and you don't see it but he's like you know he's he's good at telling the story and he's like really drawing this thing and I'm like wow is he gonna what's it what's on the sketch pad are we gonna see what he saw and then he ends his story and he's like and this is what I saw and it's this dip shitty footprint <laughs> like it, it looks like <laughs> something you even, find in a, in a refrigerator essentially yeah, is what it was yeah like it looks like this three-year-old drawing of a footprint <laughs> it looked like he was drawing something so like detailed <laughs> It really does. I'm just being like a, a circle with some humps at the top. And the music was so dramatic when they revealed the image as well. It's the uh, it's around the 33 minute mark. If anybody wants to go check that out, 30 37 at, in the video he I'm watching. So I, I got oh, I guess it's probably different in every video. No, 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 no. Ignore I, I my think numbers. This is where he's showing. 
Yeah, he shows it. Oh. And man, that, that guy's got some sideburns. Everybody oh, yeah. has some sideburns of, in this one film. One of the dudes, one of the dudes, I'm more convinced that one of these dudes, the one that was standing there holding his kid talking about it. Yes! I, he, I, I'm more convinced that dude is uh, Elvis than I am that uh, <laughs> these Bigfoot encounters What was the deal with that? Like, it's just, I'm like, oh, the kid's going to say something about this. Nope, the kid's just there. Kids just They're interviewing there. this guy on this fence, and his kid's just hanging out at his feet, just kind of chilling. The guy looks like uh, Woody from Toy Story and Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson had a baby. <laughs> Um, essentially what this guy looks like. I don't even like. know what that really, means, but you're right. He's a really tall, skinny guy with these weird glasses on. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like the interviews were like so candid, I guess. To me, that, that lent, a lot, lent a lot of credibility to it. You know, I was watching these as a kid. I'm thinking, these are just normal people. Um, but now I'm looking, I'm like, if these were normal people in the 70s, I'm glad I missed most of it. Yeah. <laughs> I I liked the interviews with the normal people. The The reenactments were just... Oh my gosh, what a, what a treat to watch. Because <laughs> you know this was just a bunch of actors, and they're like, okay guys, you're just, you're just a bunch of dudes hanging out at a campfire. Oh. Uh, I just want you to like make each other laugh. Just, just go for it. Just, <laughs> just hang out, have a good time. Then all of a sudden, you're going to hear something. You know, like... <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what happened. And at a certain point, they're like, oh, you're cooking dinner next time. No, you're cooking dinner. Yeah, yeah don't, don't razz me. What was that sound? And then they all get up and, and I don't know. It's part of the gold for me is, is yeah. these terrible, goofy reenactments. So there's enough random interviews in this movie that I got confused on which one that we were talking about. So the one on the fence is the guy in the red. Mm-hmm. Who's smoking, by the way? I didn't notice that with his kid there. There's another. Not, I, I mean, just smoking in general with the whole fact that you know it's it's the seventies. Ever looking, but you know, moving but, on. But then there's the <laughs> other guy that's sitting on the tree stump with his kid. That's what I'm talking. That's who yeah, I was talking that's, about. He looks oh, like that's the one I was talking about okay. too. Because I'm like, like there there's wasn't a so fence. many people with kids in this movie. I got them confused. But yes, that that guy does <laughs> look like Elvis. He looks. Yeah, he looks like Elvis uh, has hung hung it up and retired. Wait, is this Elvis? Because I mean, I'm telling you, man, more evidence of that than there I, is of Nessie. <laughs> I can I can see him being like that. This was the last actual footage of Elvis. <laughs> just shows his kid randomly. What do you think, Derek? I, I just <laughs> found, I just found them. I remember this. Uh, <laughs> I, I can picture every one of these frames. I've seen them so many times. Um, yeah, it's definitely Elvis, but uh, weird story, weird story. When I was 10 years old, around the same time that I was watching this, weirdly enough, if you're really good in school, you get to go to McDonald's at the end of the semester. Oh, man, was I pumped. So I got to go to McDonald's, and I had my $5. I was going to buy everything I could buy for $5. And Elvis was in the McDonald's. He had the jumpsuit on. He had the hair. He said, thank you very much. He did everything. And I was 10, and I'd seen the tabloids. That's all that was in the tabloids. Elvis is still alive. And he wasn't. This was just some random janitor or something that was in McDonald's. But uh, I was I was certain that I saw Elvis. This was 100% Elvis. And it probably took okay. until I was 25 before I came to grips with reality that that probably wasn't Elvis. <laughs> it was a tragic day. <laughs> the day the music died. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Also, I just got to point out this guy—the guy in the white shirt—that has like the obvious, like he has that black hair just right in the middle. 
there and then white just that like skunk patch or whatever i don't know like that's that's 70s through and through right there you're gonna have to be more specific than the guy with the white shirt Uh, and weird hair 30 minutes in about 30 minutes in he's leaning against his car it slowly Uh, zooms in on him his pants like up around his um like stomach yep (laughs) that's him like just so (laughs) 70s Oh, I, I, I enjoyed it, though. It, it kept my attention uh, throughout, you know. I, I do like, they, they did also interview a dude that was a, a hoaxer. He straight oh, up yes, was like, yeah. yeah, I'm doing this to mess with people because they called us hicks. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he says. And you know what's weird about that is uh, I was in the kitchen cooking or something the other day, and that part came on, and he said Ray, and I hit a pan or something. I didn't hear the last name. And I thought he said Ray Wallace, which <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar, but Ray Wallace, his kids came out, I want to say 10 years ago or so, and claimed that he was the creator of Bigfoot. Essentially, in the 50s, he created these feet and ran around. Ran around, ran around. So this guy in this documentary's name was Ray as well, but it turned out to be some other uh, Ray guy, and it didn't even say where he lived, but... Uh, at Ray first, I thought maybe it was they broke the Ray Wallace thing early on, and we just didn't pick up on it. But uh, <laughs> no such luck. <laughs> Bigfoot nerd stuff. Yeah, but it shows him putting on boots, these big boots that have, like, gigantic uh, uh, footprints on the bottom. I don't know, you know, somehow he's attached them and, and everything, and then he, he puts them on, gets up, and runs off. <laughs> they're flat as a board, too. I don't know who's going to fall for that, but... People, people I, in I the seventies. <laughs> this production uh, not company, not dead Elvis. That's who. <laughs> Peter Graves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a there's lot something of footprints, though, right? Yeah, yeah. They talk about footprints. They talk about scat a lot. They talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some vocalizations. That I know we mentioned that, and they even oh, show a few pictures. Although I didn't really see their blob squatch pictures, essentially. Um, oh yeah. But there, you know, there's, there's the nostalgic factor for this is pretty high with me. Uh, you guys probably didn't watch this growing up, I assume. Since no. So it probably doesn't have that same effect. People that watch, like, Creature of Black Lake or there's another Sasquatch documentary just called Sasquatch or, obviously, Legend of Boggy Creek. Um, you know, but a lot of people that watch these early on, it sticks with them. So, you know, at mm-hmm. 40, I could sit here and watch this and just be as entertained as the day I watched it, uh, I know, in the early <sighs> or mid-'80s. So I wish I could remember some of the, like, Stuff I watched when I was younger on like Nessie and dinosaurs and stuff like that. Cause there was a there was a dinosaur thing I used to watch that that's like what got me into cryptids because they talked about there could be living dinosaurs even today, such as the Loch Ness monster. And I Mo know Kelly what you're talking about. Was it the cartoon Dino Riders? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. The cartoon I, documentary. The, the cartoon documentary of Dino Riders. And I was sitting there with my Dino Rider toys going, oh, they're real. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it on the head, sir. Um, I don't know no, what I Dino mean, Riders are. Oh, man. People who do are sitting there right now clapping. <laughs> are they like, like Thundercats? Because uh, I know what Thundercats are. Um. Okay, you know how in... Oh wait, I'm thinking of He-Man. Um, basically, I know He-Man is. Um, you know how like dinosaurs were cool, and you're like, hey, let's mount like a laser gun to to that dinosaur. Did you ever think that as a kid? Like sharks with giant lasers in their freaking heads. Yeah, basically, but it's dinosaurs with giant freaking lasers <laughs> all over their body. Uh, it was a it was a toy series and a TV series. Well, the 80s and, were a weird time. 
They were. They were very weird. Everything yeah. transformed. All those psychedelics from the 70s became coke in the 80s, and pfft, sky was the All downhill. All downhill from there. Um, no, I mean, I, I, like I said, this is really cool, and um, I, I, I mean, I hope we're going to do another one of these, because I've got a modern one of these that I want to do, so um, just throwing that out there. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I think it's one of the I, probably the best one that we've covered since we've been starting these roundtables. Um, yes, all just, three of them. <laughs> That's saying a it's lot. Top right of the there. heap. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it it had uh, even for a forty five year old film had great um, presentation. It had information, you know, quote unquote. It had mm-hmm. a little bit of everything and it had enough variety to kind of keep you going and. Um, asked some questions and, you know, mostly, uh, mostly kind of aired on the side of believing all this stuff as opposed to being too skeptical about it. But, um, yeah, still a, a fun ride. I got nothing. I mean, the, the only other note I had was the, um, Roosevelt account. I mean, the Teddy Roosevelt thing, but they didn't really go into that more. I just wrote it down when they mentioned it and it's like, that's all they did was mention it. So I was like, oh. Who? I also had a joke here about the woman who was having trouble with the um, with the fishing reel. I'm like, Hop must have been using a bait caster. But I'm like, no, that is way too niche audience of a joke that no one's going to get but people who fish. There's like three fishermen and like Bill Dance. Oh, yes, that's – no, you – thank you. Yes, there is tons of people who fi- apparently go fishing and you will see a Bigfoot. Hmm. That's fair. <laughs> and most of these accounts, they <laughs> – they all talk about not only was it uh, eight or nine feet tall, 500 pounds, but it stank. That was another big thing that everybody kept saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they even the woman that was under hypnosis, I think, she's like, oh, it smells so bad or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that, it just that stinks. That was so awkward, that hypnosis thing. That was – the polygraph was awkward enough, but, like <laughs> – but I appreciate the I appreciate what they're showing. It was different than all the other stuff. So well, I think it's interesting yeah. to see what they thought was science. I guess at the time, or the, you know, um, or, or how technology has has advanced since then. There's a certain point where they're they're plotting um, points of audio. I guess I, I'm not even 100 percent sure how this works, but they actually manually have to type in numbers. Uh, to to plot this audio and it's like a three second clip or something and it took them a day to put the numbers in. Here we recorded an hour long podcast in an hour and there's three of us from all over the country. So it's just amazing to see how far the technology's gone yet we haven't found anything. So maybe it should raise a few questions. Well, I, I do like how a lot of the questions raised in this are still valid questions that are being asked today too. Why don't we ever find a body? Why isn't one of these, you know, captured better on this? Like, it's stuff that that you hear today still. And, of course, I mean, do I believe in Bigfoot? Yes. These are the other questions that people ask me. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I I was asking myself before you guys could. (laughs) I was cutting you guys off before you. Is there anything else you'd like to ask yourself before we move on? (laughs) Um. Do, should I have watched this movie? Hmm. Um, no, I mean, it. it's one of those things to where it's like, oh, yeah, I've been in the woods a ton. I haven't seen a dead body of an animal. 
had to do that. That's true. That's a good point. I, but but people I mean, do I've find seen, them. I've seen bones, like a deer skull and stuff, every now mm-hmm. and then, or like, uh, oh, that looks like a thigh bone to a deer. Hmm. Walking on on this trail, it's just not something you really are like. Are are you out in the woods like look? looking for like hmm where's a body where because you'll probably if it is a more recently dead carcass you'll probably smell something and be like oh i'm not going that way well you know now that you bring that up the the woods is alive with insects and all these creatures that basically come out at night and dispose of this body and they can do a deer in a day you know yeah. if, if the conditions are right so you're, you're left with a pile of bones essentially so let's say the random guy let's say Justin, you're out in the woods somewhere in Pacific Northwest, and you find a pile of bones, no skull, because some animals hauled off with the skull, or it got buried, or knocked down the hill, or fell off, or who knows what happened to it. Or it was decapitated. uh, Or decapitated by another Bigfoot. So this could be a pile of Bigfoot bones, and to you it's like, oh, a dead moose, or dead deer, or something, because you don't know what you're looking at. Without the skull, it's just a pile of bones. And it's not going to be all laid out in in a perfect shape. It's going to be literally a scattered pile of bones with hair and blood and guts all stained in the ground. It's going to be a disgusting scene. Wait a second. So you're telling me that bones aren't just laid out perfectly when they're buried? Just like dinosaur bones and they're not numbered on where they go on the thing too? Well, they, scientists put these things together? Actually, they are sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I was just watching something on the marsupial lion in Australia and they found one of its skeletons just laying on the floor in this cave. It just looked like if it was a skeleton, it just laid down. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. So, yes, the answer is yes to that, too. That, that is strange, but... No, I they mean... They also it... uh, did a really... They, they went on a lot uh, about when people found found hair samples. They'd be like, and tests have been done, and it corresponds to no living creature known to man. And it's like, does it really? <laughs> is it... Yeah, they didn't have DNA testing then, so what were they doing? Just going by looks, essentially, right? Taste. This doesn't... <laughs> Taste. <laughs> that's how they discovered uh, sucralose, right? <laughs> that's how they, well, that's how they found the coelacanth. So. <laughs> that's how they found the coelacanth. I don't know. This fish might be different. Get a get get a scale off it. Have our guy lick it. Yeah. <laughs> guy comes nope. in with the insured tongue. Trent. Trent, the fish licker. <laughs> Hi, I'm Trent Fishlicker. So last time I pissed off people from Kentucky. Sorry, sorry, I walked all over your joke. Last last month, I or yeah, last show I pissed off people in Kentucky. This time it's Trent. So if your name is Trent, this time come and get all the fishlickers. (laughs) Take that. You know who you are. The New England fishlickers. But no, I mean it's like the hair samples. I feel like. are, is, is hair, I mean, I'm not a hair expert. I don't go around licking hair to see mm, cat hair, mm, not what dog I hair, heard. Oh, unknown well, hair. Well, they can look at they can look at it in a microscope. E- you know, each hair, each species have a has a different type of hair. Some of them are hollow. Some of them are uh, have scales going certain ways. Like they can, for the most part, identify what it is. So if it doesn't show up in their catalog of known hair samples. Then it's unidentified, but that doesn't mean that it's Bigfoot. It could be an exotic dog that somebody brought from China or an anteater that got loose or who knows what it could be, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's Bigfoot. Uh, This is just a porcupine spike. (laughs) They had uh, the excuse of that the science hadn't quite progressed to the level that, uh, 
you know that what of what they were trying to accomplish with it i i i would say i mean they had plenty of good science then but uh if we compare it to like what we have today they couldn't get away with what they were saying then uh unless they were just you know unless they're just trying to rile people up and sell something today you know what i mean does it make sense yeah um, yeah we've got we've got better techniques and testing and stuff so if this documentary were made uh again today which i there's documentaries coming out like you know hot pies at a friggin nickelback concert <laughs> that happens doesn't it yes. uh so <laughs> pie tins everywhere <laughs> and if you take them to the to the recycle you get a nickel back <laughs> so um so maybe you know today people are still trying to say well these hair samples are from unknown creatures or whatever but then you you also get uh, the the conflicting reports of like well actually no this this came back you know this other lab tested it or something and came back as uh, wolf hair or bear hair or I can you know think something of else mm-hmm. five episodes of monster quest that involved that exact premise yeah i, I was thinking of the snow grove lake episode yeah i was about to say and it's always something that's introduced in act one and then five minutes before the show ends they finally get back to what it is <laughs> remember that hair we found earlier in the show yeah. well the tests have come back and it's cat hair <laughs> yeah that's that's what we call in the business uh Chekhov's, uh scat yeah <laughs> you know um also you, you show the scat in act one it's gonna come back in act three <laughs> Also, I, I did have something for way earlier when you were talking about like the oh they got they got to pitch new stuff because everything's been done, Derek. I I think that pitch also was how we got killing Bigfoot. Yeah, I mean that's how you're going to end up with all kinds of fringe uh, fringe topics and see what sticks kind of situation. But uh, you know, just... for every killing Bigfoot, you have you know Seth Breedlove's documentaries are a little bit different. I mean. There's a, a different spin on all those, so you know you have your positives and your negatives. Although I've yeah. never seen Killing Bigfoot, so I shouldn't say it's negative. I, I've never seen it. I haven't. I think I've seen like part of an episode. I just knew that when when you said that way earlier in the episode, I was like, I need to look up something that's ridiculous because that is probably how they pitched it. It's like, you know, people try to get you know. I, now I'm just gonna offend everybody with with a vaguely with your southern Matthew accent. McConaughey? Yes. You know, everybody, all right, all right. Everyone's tried to kill Bigfoot. I mean, everyone's everyone's tried to find Bigfoot, but has anyone tried to kill Bigfoot? That's what we're going to do. All right, all right. <laughs> Did they kill him? In a totally different direction, by the way. Um, it was spot on, by the way. Thank you. It was not. Um, I was being kind. <laughs> thank you. It, no, I, I have no clue. I just know that like, when, when you made that comment of, oh, it's, it's all been done, so I have to put a new twist on it. I'm like... Oh yeah, that's right. There's this thing where they're trying to kill Bigfoot now, because it's like that will prove it's real. You guys killed the last one. Well, it was real. So sorry, I mean, Sam d- Elliott beat you. <laughs> exactly. We 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 are learning so much through this series of things we do with this with these movies and documentaries. Um. So okay, I just wanted to do a quick kind of I guess speed round or or bang bang round. Hey oh. <laughs> Um, Roll credits. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> so, Bigfoot, yay or nay? Real, fake, you guys. 
Um, <laughs> um, I'm like the dude with the skull uh, on the desk with uh, Peter Graves trying to argue about anecdotes. I'm like, you got to bring me something hard, some hard evidence uh, before I believe it. So for me right now, nay. Uh, Derek? Uh, I won't say definitively one way or the other, but I would say it's maybe got like a 10 to 15, 20% chance of being real. Uh, it just, there's too many factors for me that there's, there's other things out there. I think more, more realistic. Let's put it that way. Um, Loch Ness monster. Since that was brought up in this. No, no, never, Um, never was and never will be. I also like how, uh, at one point in there, somebody, um, they, they threw out that somebody said there could be 30 to 40 Nessies living in Loch Ness. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like one giant, and they and they even say like these giant monsters living in Loch Ness, and I'm like, do you hear what you're saying? I get the things like miles long and stuff, but thirty to forty, what are they eating each other? Yeah, this is just Tourist. violent. Tourist. <laughs> That's why well, there's no more pictures. They've learned to detect cameras. Well, toward the end of the film, they actually did the same thing with Bigfoot. They're like, oh, you know, this creature lives out here. They were definite about that it lives out here it eats this it sleeps here it's the children live a long or have a long childhood somehow they know (laughs) that yeah they made a point to tell us that the the childhood of a bigfoot is is longer than that of any other animal in the animal (laughs) kingdom uh so they they take a lot of liberties with the truth let's put it that way peter graves just knew a bunch of like uh, kids in in these gorilla or ape costumes rolling around and wrestling in the background as he's talking yeah and also like they're not smart they barely use sticks and stones for tools but then like at at another part they're like these creatures rolled boulders over onto somebody's uh station wagon or something and like when i looked at them i saw intelligence in the eyes i'm like make up your mind are they dumb ape creatures? Not that much intelligence, just enough to keep them from getting shot. I guess just, they 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 know how to avoid bullets and take revenge. That's that's basically it. That's not what so, Sam Elliott said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you better I, hope David Flora doesn't catch you out on a back road with a gun, because <laughs> I'm going to need to see a high school diploma at least. <laughs> Justin's oh, in the oh. background. Shoot it! Shoot it! Shoot it! <laughs> Shoot Justin's her! So hot. <laughs> I'm hungry. Shoot it! <laughs> but it looks so human. Shoot it! <laughs> Shoot it twice! <laughs> Make All sure right, it's well, dead! I think we've talked longer than the actual film played for, so we've pretty <laughs> much covered just about all of it. Um, I, obviously, I liked it. You guys seem to be... Uh, for the most part, uh, a fan of, of it. So <laughs> I consider this a success. This is much better than last time. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Flora. That's right. Yeah, put that in your pipe you. and smoke it. <laughs> that shows you to pick a movie. Yeah. Take that dose of LSD and take a friggin' polygraph test. <laughs> that was the saying in the 70s, anyway. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Um,. I'm good. You guys? Yep. Thanks for listening. Yeah. It was yep. a good one. Uh, you you uh, guys, I'm assuming people listening know where to find all of us by this point. If you don't, Google it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make so, you earn this one. You gotta work for it. 
Also, if you have any negative comments, please post them to Blurry Photos. No, no, send them to Secret Transmission. Yes, send them to Toby. We don't have Toby today, so if you have any complaints about this episode, send them to Secret Transmissions. All of it was his fault. 100%. Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for letting me uh, share a little bit of my childhood with you guys. Um, next time we're doing Baby, the uh, <laughs> Brontosaurus movie. So that I gear up for that. Yeah. Uh, I've I've never seen it. Ironically, somehow. Oh, I've seen why? it. Why is that ironic? <laughs> Thirty-five years. Because I love dinosaurs. I love cryptids, and it's and that's, yeah, yeah, it's both. Just like yeah. I've never seen ET all the way through because that terrified me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm scared of aliens because I saw Close Encounters from the Third Kind way too soon. Try watching Fire in the Sky at about 11. Oh, yeah. Good Maybe grief. it was that. I don't know. One of try those Try watching two. it at 30. <laughs> Just try <laughs> watching it. Man, I'd be hiding under a table, too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right so, guys. Well, thank thanks, you guys for, uh, for doing all this, and uh, we'll catch you on the next round table. Yes. Bye. Actually, we should call it the square table. It all starts with an invitation to experience Lexus. To connect with us. To see that no detail is too small. To be our special guest. It starts as an invitation to drive a Lexus vehicle, but it becomes an exceptional experience. The Invitation to Lexus sales event. Your invitation is always open. But the offers only last through March 31st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.